my kayak was filling up with water. Dove Faith Cafe. Real stories by real people. Welcome to Dove Faith Cafe. I'm Marie. You'll hear more from me later. First up today, a story from Melissa. It was recorded at one of our live events. Melissa's story is a story within a story. Melissa recounts a harrowing experience while kayaking and how God gave her a visible sign that God was with her. Sit back and enjoy a sign from God. My kayak was filling up with water. A tree had fallen across the river and um, I was floating down the river and the current was going and I thought that, you know, <clears throat> I thought that even though I kind of got stuck against the tree that I could kind of like sidle up and I could pull my kayak up to the end and I could get around it, but that is not how rivers work. So, um, my kayak was filling up with water. I knew that if um, I could just bail, that you know, I, I knew how to do it, so I thought, okay, I'm gonna do this. So just as the kayak filled all the way up and tipped over, I, I, I kind of fell out, held my breath, went underwater, and then I came up and hit my head on the bottom of the boat or the, the tree. I wasn't really sure which. I still don't know what it was. But I came up out of the water. I was breathing. And um, I looked around and I thought, man, this current is moving. I didn't know that rivers felt like that, you know? And uh, so I looked and I saw about 20, 30 feet downstream another big tree that had fallen. And so I thought, okay, I'm going to get down to that tree. And so I went under the water, under the under the tree, and then I um, got down to that tree. And of course, the river took me, <laughs> the river took me down there. And um, and I grab onto this tree, it's like this big. Anyway, I, the, the tree is like huge, and here's me, and I'm just hanging onto it, and my legs are being pulled underneath and forward, like this, under this tree. And I'm thinking, oh my gosh, I have never felt anything like this. This is just, I didn't know that this was what it felt like. And so I thought, <laughs> what am I going to do? I looked down the river, about 100 yards down is my husband in his kayak. And so I start yelling for him. I start yelling for him. And then uh, I had to yell really loud because it was really far and the water was loud. And then I thought, about the devil for a second. And I thought about all I had been through in the six months previous to that. And I thought, if I don't get out of this water, I might drown. And so my goal became that moment to not die. Um, not dying was a common if you will, <laughs> with me in 2020, 
as it was for all of us, right? So not dying was a current, but also another theme of 2020 it was God is with me. God is with me. God is with me. Um, God was with me in early January of 2020 when I waited for the results of a biopsy. God was with me on January 15th when I got the call from my doctor saying that I had an aggressive form of breast cancer. God was with me on March 2nd, 2020 when I had major surgery and in that very painful uh, recovery from that surgery, God was with me. God was with me on uh, in mid-April when I started chemotherapy. God was with me in the seven days after the chemotherapy when I felt like I'd just been hit by a massive truck. God was with me in my prayers when I cried so hard and I felt as useless as a broken pot. Um, and then God was with me in the 14 days following those seven days when I felt good again. I call those my bounce back days. And I felt good and I felt like going out and walking, riding my bike with my husband, and hiking and kayaking, you know? Um, God was with me in, in that, and he was in that joy. So God was with me in all of that, and I thought there is no way that I have gone through all of that in the last six months to drown in a stinking, slimy, disgusting river in, of all places, Elkhart, Indiana. So, <laughs> so I like said out loud, okay, not today, not today. So hanging on to the huge tree, legs are getting sucked under, I'm like, I gotta do something. So I look around, I'm like, okay, what can I, what can I do here? And I look over to the left and um, there's like this tangle of branches. I don't know if you've been in a river but um, or a lake, but like this tangle of branches and um, there's like this foamy garbage everywhere and, and it's just disgusting and, and it smells bad. And I look over and I see this red thing sticking out in the water and I'm like, this is, I don't know what that is, but it's not natural. It's just part of the trash that's in the river. And, but, but it's not, it's not natural and it catches my eye and it's bright red and it has white letters on it. And I look at the letters and they spell G-O-D. God was with me. So I didn't think I could do it, but I hiked my leg up on this huge tree, somehow got up, pulled myself up, and it must have been hilarious because if you can imagine this like overweight, um, clumsy, um, you know, bald lady <laughs> hiking her leg up on a tree, getting up on this thing. But I got up on there. I got onto the tree and I got situated and was seated firmly on that tree. So I got out of that water. And as soon as I got myself firmly situated on that tree, I looked down and I'm like, I'm getting that thing, that red thing with, with G-O-D on it. I'm going to see what this is. So 
Would you like to see it? This is what I pulled out of the river that day. It is a sign, and it says, your worst day with God will be better than your best day without him. I mean, you can't make this stuff up, right? <laughs> now, the Elkhart River is 48 miles long. 48. And granted, we were in a place that, you know, had people living along the, the river. But, I mean, what are the odds? <laughs> what are the odds that, that I would have to bail out of my kayak at that exact place and, you know, like within 10 feet is this crazy red sign with God's name on it. And, like, so I have questions. <laughs> Where did this come from? Who does this belong to? Why is it in the river? What is going on here? What would the person think, the person that made this sign, because it is hand-lettered, you guys, what would they think if they knew about how God rescued me and that God was with me? Where did it belong to? Well, it belongs to me. <laughs> it's mine now. <laughs> it is mine. So, eventually my husband came back. He, he paddled upstream against this current like 100 yards. He got back to me. Um, we both lost our kayaks that day, but it doesn't matter. One other thing that did happen that I just think is funny is that, um, so I'm sitting on this tree waiting for my husband to get back and somebody come and rescue us. And like, I'm sitting there and, and, and this snake comes out of the water. <laughs> A snake, you guys. A snake came slithering up out of the water and his little forked tongue was flickering out at me and everything. And, you know, he wasn't big, but it's like, seriously. So I like beat him off with my God sign. <laughs> so anyway, <laughs> I'm serious. Um, yeah, so that day we lost our kayaks. The Elkhart Fire Department came in their boats and rescued us. Um, we got home in one piece. And I was reminded of something that I already knew, which was that God is with us and God was with me. God was with me through breast cancer. God was with me during the pandemic with breast cancer. God was with me in the river. God is with me in remission. God is with us tonight, here, all of us, right here and right now. Thank you for hearing my story. If you have a faith story you'd like to tell, Go to our website at DoveFaithCafe.org to find out how you can share your story. 
Welcome to you both. Um, I would like to introduce myself. I'm Marie Gambetta and I'm the co-host of the Dove Faith Cafe. And I have my co-host Jordan Trendleman here. He's a seminary student at Sewanee Theological Seminary. And Hello. our Hello. Yes, thank you. Our special guest today is James Harlan. He is the canon for evangelism in the Diocese of Southern Virginia. So welcome. We're really, really happy to have you here. Hi, Marie. Thanks. It's good to be here with you. Thank you. So we've just heard Melissa's story, and it's quite um, a dramatic story. <laughs> Not all faith stories are as dramatic as that, but uh, it's interesting to me that you know, the big part of her story, the opening part of her story was not the battle she had with cancer, right? It was mm -hmm. this amazing after story that happened six months later. And um, I just want to ask you, what, what struck you about this story? What, what, well, what stuck out at you? I don't know about you, but I had to get over my sharing the trauma of being in the river uh, with a kayak filling up and there, there, I just, I had to pause for a minute and just go, okay, wait a minute. Because <laughs> I've, I've done some river rafting and that, that's, that's kind of a, a nightmare to me. So, I mean, I, so part of me uh, just is astounded that, 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 that someone could find a, a good hopeful story in that because I would be like, get me the heck out of the river. I never want to see it again. Uh, it, it, yeah, it's a it's a truly terrifying moment. It's I mean it's it's a very uh, it has all the workings of just like classic mythology. I mean it, yeah. it, there's there's like so many uh, ways that you could break down this thing that happened in real life and all these kind of like allegorical interpretations of it. But it but it, in itself for what it is, it's it's terrifying enough without the implications of some larger uh, uh, macro view on it. But I think that that's what makes it applicable and what and what makes it important to start the story there instead of this, you know, other bigger story contained in it is that all the components of her battling cancer can kind of be seen through this scenario in the river as well. You know, it's, it's just uh, you can't make this stuff up. Kind of they thing. do. They get they, they all get they all sort of cut all that comes into focus in this moment there. And you said something, I thought of something, Jordan, when you, when you were talking, the, the, the story, um, the kayak story, kayaking story is, uh, is perilous. It's also heroic. And what's interesting is a lot of people would tell that story intentional or not with themselves as the hero. Mm. And she doesn't no. do that no. in any way, shape or form for yeah. her. And it's clear from the very beginning of that, that the hero of that story courageous though she is the hero is god right yeah yeah all the oh, way through it interesting that's so interesting yeah, yeah. you're absolutely right about that you're absolutely yeah. right about that wow i hadn't thought yeah. about that i had yeah. even i've heard i've heard that story a, a number of times at this point and, mm -hmm. and that i never i never drawn that correlation that this that the kind of like classic like hero myth that is is playing out in this right. but the hero is, is as she says time and time again is it isn't her in, in that process yeah. Scott that's yeah that's yeah. awesome it, it and it, it seems to me I mean that 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 that's a place where I, I I went to fairly quickly is when I tell how often do I tell my story of faith and end up making myself the hero not because I'm trying to sort of inflate my own ego I mean 
although probably that's true sometimes but even if i even if that's not where i am in this sort of ego need place how often do i end up making myself the hero of the story instead of god because it's just easy to do that it, it absolutely is that's that's so interesting james i i hadn't thought about that before i'm gonna have to revisit my own faith stories now and i'm gonna have to re no me too review them and, and, <laughs> and the narrative that i use because yeah. you're probably right i mean as humans we do that right or i do anyway and wow i need to i need to go back to those wow how uh how insightful yeah. And, and and that leads me to, to to wonder like is it is it something and I've known Melissa for a while as well she she was formed in my sending parish uh, for the diaconate um, but you you almost have to wonder like is is that kind of perspective of of me decreasing and God increasing in the story is that the something that was there beforehand that let her approach all these trials and tribulations the way that she was able to approach them or is it something that's a byproduct of having had these kinds of intense experiences that uh, and where the your faith guides you to this better understanding of of, of the hero of, of the story you know and which do you think it is what's your sense my i mean having known melissa for a while I, her her dedication and her her uh, her sense of selflessness has always been really really profound i i would i would have to to take the cop out position and say it's probably a little bit of both though i think that yeah. sometimes when that that uh you know we have to stray away from that kind of like easy theology saying that you know bad things happen for our own improvement or whatever and that's the purpose behind tragedy in our in our lives but i do think that this experience really formed her in, in a way that, that that has led to that kind of um, mm -hmm. proclamation of, of who the hero is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. You know, speaking of uh, mythology, and, and I don't want to cut you off, James, if you were going to add to that, please do. Um, but speaking of mythology um, and, and what you were talking about before, um, uh, I, I love the image of beating back the snake. You know, that that's just so serpent and God, you know what I mean? I mean, yeah. it's just like a literal <laughs> allegory right there. You know, God that is the story you would write if you were wanting to write the story. And right. it's not that that actually would happen, but you'd write it that way. Right. So, right. so, so it seems to me there's, there's another piece, Jordan, that you talked about that is so essential um, to our, to our story of faith is that we can we we can and people often do fall into this way of telling it where where the story is that god miraculously or magically or mysteriously sorry for the alliteration um mm -hmm. just fixes things mm -hmm. and that's not the case here either mm -hmm. um you know and and i think <laughs> i think that's so that that's where people get stuck in faith or or in a lack of faith is that they think mm -hmm. um that that if i if i'm really faithful i'll i'll suddenly be saved from these tribulations yeah um uh, yeah so so somewhere we have a fraught relationship don't we with the the with the with how we deal with suffering and god at the same time mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. and so one of the ways that we that we try to that we often do is we sort of want god to be the the always the the you know the the magical rescuer mm -hmm, and fixer mm -hmm. of things. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, and the, and another is that we must 
almost seek out suffering to know God because we know God in the suffering. Um, which is another place that she could have gone with this, right? Right, right. But, but she says, she says over and over again through all those things, God is present. Not yeah. God rescued me. Not God yeah. made it better. Right. God is present, which does give us strength and makes anything. I mean, it makes it uh, better, but it doesn't fix it. And and right. I, I was I was fascinated by that too because it. She. I. I she doesn't take the easy way out in it. Right. Right. Absolutely. She's act- actively engaged in both both the, the story in the river and, and her process of of dealing with, with the cancer. Um, yeah. She, yeah. she's an active active participant the entire way. Yeah. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And and she was very clear that God was with her in each of these low points that she listed, right. the, the biopsy, she named the dates. I don't know if that's common. I would imagine mm-hmm. it is because those are big dates that you would remember. The biopsy, the breast cancer, the major surgery and the recovery, the, the chemotherapy, the seven days after the chemotherapy, the 14 days after those seven days and her bounce back days. And she talked about God's being there in the joy you know, of those days. And how many of us would consider those days joyful because you can actually hold your head up for right. two weeks, you know? And, and so God was with her in the struggle and God continued to be with her in the joy and yeah. finding those moments of joy. I think that's incredible. Yeah. yeah. That, that uh, I, I, I often, I often preach about joy at weddings because, yeah. um, because, because if you ask people go to the, go to the thesaurus and look up at the word joy, and what's the synonym you're going to find? Happiness. happiness. Right. But for Christians, joy is not equated to happiness. It's not antithetical to it, but it's, some, it's just something else altogether. We, we know that joy is this experience of God's presence, right? Yeah. Yeah. And we know that that presence of God can be with us to sustain us, strengthen us, uh, give us vision, all those kinds of things. In, in very happy times, happy times can be very joyful. They can also be very selfish, but they can be joyful. But so can very uh, terrifying or, or sad times mm-hmm. when, we, when we experience, like she did, that God is present there, mm-hmm. right? Um, and again, joy is not about things, uh, you know, all of a sudden being better. Mm-hmm. It's, a, it's an attitude. Is, it is. It's God is there with us. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. 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 That's, that's interesting. Yeah. Because she is, she definitely projected joy, but it's not the joy, you know, let's all clap hands and sing right. and jump around. It's not that kind of joy at all. No. Yeah. Well, there's, there's like a sense of, of the joy in the journey in and of itself. Okay. I mean, she's, she's, as we've already talked about, actively engaged, but there's not this moment, at least in the way she tells the story, I don't know, you know, in her own own process of going through it, but there's never the why, there's never a why me moment or why is this happening to me kind of thing. It's always a God is with me and I'm going to, we're going to make this happen. You know, um, yeah. it, that, that stands out for me as well. I think that I, I, I can't help but think that if I found myself in some of those circumstances, I might be doing the why, yeah. the why. You know, and, and that's not the question she's asking. She's 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 seeking God's presence in the moment and moving forward. 
So I would want to ask Melissa if she, to what extent she felt that way in the, in those moments, or did she have feelings in those very hardest, on those hardest of times, did she have feelings of why me? This is terrible. God, just get me out of this. I mean, I can't imagine she didn't. I would and have. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I'd, I, I, I'd love to hear her talk about what was the mix of those feelings of just sort of woe is me. This stinks. Sure. And here I am and God is here with me. And if God's here, that's where I want to be kind of thing. Right, right. And I think it's, it's, it's perfectly summed up by that sign. You know, your worst day with God will be better than your best day without him. I mean, that, what are the chances? That's just, it just perfectly sums up all that she's been through, even on that day. Yeah. But so I'm curious, I'll ask the two of you this, to what extent do you find it? Let me, how to ask this. How clearly do you see God when you look back on life's events? Versus how clearly do you see God in the moment? For me, it depends on if you're asking how I used to see God or how I see God now. No, I, I, no. Let me try again. No, what I mean is how, how clearly do you see God when you're, when you're looking back on events and go, oh, now that I'm through that crazy time in the river, I can see yeah. how God was with me in it compared to yeah. I'm here now terrified as I'll get out and I know God's here. How, how is I, that? I, I see it. I see it now every day, whether the moment is tiny, 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 or huge or frightening, God is with me. That's, that's, I, and, and I think that constantly in my mind and I I go back to, uh, you know, you know, in the story, uh, David consults, uh, King David consults God, at least in the beginning, consults God often. And, and I, I like to think I do that about even very small decisions. And I wonder, um, some, sometimes I make a decision without consulting God. And I think later, oh, I didn't check that out with God. Am I just asking God now to approve my decision that I've made, right? So hopefully not, hopefully not. But if you ask, um, could I do that? If, yeah, I'm sure God's probably chuckling right now thinking, yeah, <laughs> you don't. You don't do that as often as you think you do, right? Um, but but I, I'd like to think, I'd like to think that I see the hand of God in, in everything that I do. Is that is that close to what you were asking, James, or not not quite? What you were saying was you see God, you you see God in big and little moments right in the moment. Yeah. Yeah. I I, I think I do. Yeah. I think I do. Yeah. You think that's think normal? I- yeah, I, I would say that there's. I, I don't. I don't think that I'm quite, uh, quite there in the same way that, that you are. But I, I do, I do am aware of those of those moments at times, especially when when my you know there's a right now with such a regularity of prayer and structure, it, it really takes a lot of the grasping, controlling, and manipulating part of my of my mind out of out of play for large portions of my day, and I feel like I kind of encounter that moment more often in these circumstances than I say back in just a previous working class reality that I was in. But I would also say that I think that it's super important to, to not undermine like the merit 
of the kind of detective work that we do when we do look back in yeah. hindsight yeah. on things and that we and we begin to unearth God moments retrospectively because I think that builds a template for other people to do so in a much more powerful form of evangelism than, than ever telling people where God could be is where God has been uh, in their lives. And I think by us excavating those God moments from our past, we kind of build a practice and a, and a way of, of pointing towards other people doing the same. And that was kind of the whole, a lot of the idea with the Dove Faith Cafe yeah. um, from the beginning. So of course there's merit in being in that kind of union with God moments in our, in our everyday life. But there's also, I think that merit in, in, in being able to look back and say, so, Oh man, I, I missed out. You know, and there it was. Do you ever, do you ever and it's see only things- when we look back, Excuse me. I'm sorry, James. No, it's only when we look back, Jordan, just to tail on, on what you were saying. It's when we look back that we see the patterns. We uncover the yeah. patterns and we say, oh, that was connected like that. I didn't see that at the moment, but mm-hmm. see that whole that was all connected all along together there. There's the theme. Sorry, right. go ahead. No, I think that's I think that's what I was getting at. Do we see something different when we reflect looking back than we might in the moment? Yeah, I, I, I think I definitely do. I mean, there's there's a whole lot of, uh, especially in watching these individual storytellers uh, craft these stories over time, that they're they're really they're they're finding the narrative. I mean, they're finding the the story and something that was um, an experience that stands out, but to to piece together a narrative is a whole other uh, way of discovery. Um, in hindsight, I think. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I I'm a I'm a big fan of Saint Ignatius um who who wrote these spiritual exercises. Have you heard of, ever heard of the spiritual exercises of Saint Ignatius? He was he yeah. he did this whole way of of sort of cultivating a spiritual life, but one piece of of his spirituality was what he called um if I have it right, I I'm not totally expert in this, but he called it the awareness examine and he encouraged people, this is a simplistic way of putting it, but encourage people every day to sort of say, to look back at the end of the day and say, where was I most open to and aware of God's presence, God's hand at work? And where was I most blocked, unaware? Uh, and, and, and I think his point, and I think it's true, is what you were saying, Marie, we, when, we, when we look back, and when we, especially when we cultivate a habit of looking back, we start seeing patterns of how God's at work. And I, I actually think, and I'm curious if you, this makes sense to you or you disagree. I actually think that increases our capacity to notice God in the moment. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's sort of like yeah. exercising. I, I, I would, I would agree with that as well. Yeah. Yeah. I would agree. And, and maybe that's why, because I've been so steeped in Dove Faith Cafe for these years that maybe, maybe that's why it just automatically triggers that in my mind. Aha. Perhaps this is, you know, another point in the story of the ongoing story of, you know, this, whatever this theme is. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's so interesting. It's a great, you know, it's fun. It's a simple, it's a simple sort of daily prayer practice that, that, you know, it doesn't require any fancy words. It doesn't require anything except just sitting and going, uh, God, help me see, where was I right in line with you? Where was I, where was, where did I sense myself just being right? Um, connected with you today and where was I sort of turning the other way and <laughs> doing my own thing or however right. one asks that it doesn't even matter uh, but you get the idea where was I um, aware of God where was I blocked and unaware of God yeah. um, it's just a it's That's a great, great way of doing it and and it, so as, as she was telling her as, as she was telling her story 
I can't help but think somewhere she had done that kind of work, whether it was a daily practice for her, she's looked back and been able to say, here's where I was, um, you know, really had the sense that I was walking with God and God was there holding me close and all of that. And um, yeah. 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 And I think to tie tie that into what you were just mentioning as well about how about the effectiveness of doing so being carried over into your everyday life. It's it's a cool contemplative practice in and of itself to examine because it, it doesn't just have uh, value in, in, in and of itself, like most contemplative practices, it actually ripples out into our perception, moving out of that space as well. And that, that practicing, finding it in retrospect leads to uh, witnessing it firsthand, you know? Right. And, and the other pieces, I think it helps us see that, that God is a hero of the story, even in little insignificant ways, not just when we're, when we're, <laughs> you know, stuck in a river and a kayak filling up and a uh, snake swimming up at us and all that, yeah. that even in little moments, um, God's still the hero of the story. And yeah. uh, if we, if we're really paying attention to the story, that's what's, that's the deal. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, that's really beautiful. That's really beautiful. Because in scripture, God's the hero throughout the whole thing. You know, mm-hmm. there's some, some major characters, but I guess that's the point of, of the scripture. I love that. Yeah. I love that. Well, the, 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 the end of this, I can tell you the, the, the complete end, but um, how, how long ago, Jordan, did Melissa um, text us that she was back in the, in the river in, in a new kayak for the first time since that day? Was yeah. it uh, six months ago? No, it had to be less than that. It was, must have been this past summer, right? I believe so. That that sounds about right. Yeah, that sounds about right. I don't think I would would ever get in the river again. (laughs) (laughs) I would stand on the shore and wave at the river. And wave. Yeah. Yeah, she's brave. She is a brave, brave person. But, you know, she's she's been through it and she knows that God is with her. And she has she has no fear. It seems to me looking at it from over here. Yeah. Yeah. Any, any other thoughts, any other, uh, anything else come to mind? I'm glad I got to hear her story. Yeah, me too. Me too. It's really good. Yeah. All, all the stories that, that had kind of come to us in this process all, all have their own little uh, uh, important uh, uh, cross-section of, of human, human experience, I think. But yeah. you were just this dynamic and this just, I mean, yeah. Yeah. It, it's it's true it's a truly epic epic story um and, and the fir- to be on to be there in a live setting the first time she pulled out that that red sign and you actually see the red sign and, and wow and is is a is just a i mean that's <laughs> that's that's the kind of plot twist entertainment you just can't you just can't you gotta love yeah, it you know yeah. yeah you just can't you yeah. just can't it. it's just it was just wild to see that the first time it really was it really was yeah because you just i mean jaws just dropped just yeah yeah, yeah. so if anybody anybody I, listening to this out there who who, who was not at any of the, the live sessions i can attest to that is a very real sign of my own eyes. Yeah. Uh, yeah it's just a, a wild 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 story yeah. yeah it is it is and 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 faith stories can be wild like that right sometimes they're they're absolutely knock you off the horse moments and sometimes they're very gentle quiet and, and we've had the whole gamut mm-hmm. and um mm-hmm. and melissa's is not a quiet <laughs> it's a knock you off the horse story so right. i'm just uh, really grateful that she 
that she shared that with us. So, and I'm grateful for the two of you. I know you're very, very busy people. And I, I thank you for taking the time to, um, to break down this story with me and, and for other people so that we can hear. It's just some amazing insights that you had to offer. Thank you. Well, it was a pleasure to be here. Absolutely. Thanks for inviting me. Absolutely. All right. You both take care. I'd like to give a shout out of thanks to our storyteller, Melissa, my co-host, Jordan, and our special guest, Canon James Harlan. Extra special thanks to our audio engineer, Father Tom Adamson. Thanks for making us sound better than we really do. If you like what you hear, let us know. Please subscribe and share and leave a review. You can find us on Facebook and Instagram and on our website, dubfaithcafe.org.